Hello and welcome to the Royal Blue Podcast, where we like to discuss all things championship football and, of course, our beloved Birmingham City. The championship went out with a bang ahead of the international break, with more twists and turns than you can shake a stick at. Again, the form book is disregarded, unbeaten runs are ended and alarm bells are starting to ring for some of the sides. Of course, we'll also be discussing the key talking points from Blue's disappointing defeat to Nottingham Forest at St Andrews. Uh, before analysing what we think needs to happen over the international break to arrest Blues slide down the table. We're going to try and stay as positive as possible. <laughs> but before we go any further, uh, I must introduce your hosts. Uh, my name is Alex uh, and I'm joined by my always energetic co-host, Joe, uh, although it is early in the morning. Uh, Joe, <laughs> how are you today and how are we going to put a positive spin on things on today's show? I am. Um, I'm pretty tired. Mm. And to be honest, I have no idea. Uh, uh, I think we're not. We we have decided we're not going to be uh, negative. Too negative. It's going to mm. be hard. Yeah. Um. But we're gonna. We are gonna try and be upbeat. Yes. I think the blue section might be pretty short. Well, that's probably the only way we can keep it positive. I think so. I mean, obviously, we've still got to do what we set out to do, and that is inform the fans of yeah. our completely pointless, useless opinions. Um, <laughs> Uh, but uh, that's we'll, we'll try. We will try and be positive. Yeah, uh, we've just got to, you know, stick together and keep right on to the end of the road. That's it. That's exactly it. And I think um, we have got a, a, a new game that we're going to try at the very end of the show as well. I've got two truths, one lie uh, that Joe's going to try to fish out the lie from three yeah, you, statements. You, you sprung this on me. I have. I've not warned I've a, you at all. I've been awake for about 10 minutes. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and and he's gone. Oh, by the way, I've come up with a really good game, and I'm like, what? Okay, I'm getting revenge for what you did to me in the quiz all those episodes ago. What beating um, you? <laughs> I probably shouldn't have brought that up. Anyway, yes, there's lots to get into uh, on the show today. Uh, we're going to be getting into our big review of the results from the championship. That's coming up after this. Hello, welcome back to the Royal Blue Podcast after that short intro. Uh, we're going to get straight into our championship fixture roundup, starting with, and this is going to be Joe's favourite part of the show, I think, Coventry thumping Fulham. Uh, it was Coventry City that produced a stunning second half fight back to beat Fulham and put their 5-0 midweek routing at Luton behind them. Mark Robbins' rampant Sky Blues went in at halftime 1-0 down after Carl McFadzine's own goal was allowed to stand despite appearing to be fouled by Alexander Mitrovic. But City turned it around to keep their 100% home record with a sixth straight win at the Coventry Building Society Arena and hand Fulham their worst league defeat since May 2019. It was Victor Goyokoresh, I'm going to have to check the pronunciation of that because I don't think that's right, uh, who equalised straight after the break. The first of three City goals in just 14 minutes before he wrapped up victory with their fourth and his second 20 minutes from time. Where did this come from? I thought after being thrashed in midweek, Coventry would try to sit in, try to make the game tight against Fulham, try to hold on, keep out a, a rampant Fulham side, certainly what we've seen in the past from them, and try to hold on for a draw. But they came out flying out of the blocks in that second half. It was like a different performance. Well, this is the fragility in that Fulham team that I've been I've been talking about for a while now. And uh, hopefully this is, this is going to make people see it. Because it, with the first Coventry goal, not the own goal, the actual goal. Mm. Um, it was a defensive 
mistake, a big defensive mistake. I don't know if you've seen the highlights or if you I have. Yeah, yeah. It was a huge mistake. Mm. And uh, and listen, Coventry are obviously uh, they know what they're doing when it comes to when it comes to the way they want to play football. Mm. Midweek against Luton, that was a shock, a- abnormal result for them. Yeah. Um, and listen, right. Fulham, Fulham have a good team, but they, 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 it's, they've not got. There's something defensively. There's like that, that, that doesn't sit right with mm. with me. It's uh, I can't quite put my finger on it. First of all, I don't think Mitrovic was fouling Rick Fazian. Um, I think he's a physical striker. Yeah, Rick Fazian isn't a particularly physical player. Mm-hmm. Why is he marking him? Mm-hmm. If you you should have. If Mitrovic is in the box, you should have your strongest, toughest centre back on him because that's that's what he's going to do. He's going to be shoulder. He's going to make it a battle. He's going to wrestle with you. This is the championship. It's not. We're not. We're not. We're not fancy Premier League football here. And um, I think that's why Mitrovic has never made it in the Premier League. As a little side note, because mm. he, he's such a physical, demanding player. I think maybe if he was around 10, 15 years ago in the Premier League. The kind of Peter Crouch era, mm. he would have been brilliant. Yeah, he would have been one of the he would have been one of the top six strikers, I reckon. But the way the game's changed, the kind of the way that strikers are needed now, the kind of Bobby Firmino's, your Harry Kane's, your Bamiangs, your whoever, whoever, mm. he doesn't really fit that mold of players that like to come deep and join in with play. Yeah. Anyway, back to the game. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. This is how you recover from a from a loss, yeah. right? Whether it's five nil or one nil, any to every team in the championship, Fulham will be looking at this, thinking about this is how we've got to play after the mm-hmm. uh, after the international break. Yeah. And for Fulham, being that they have the international break right now, they've got to sit in this loss, mm. so that heads could go could massively drop. They'll be losing a bit of belief because. I think that they'll be assuming that they were going to walk this league. I, I was I was of that opinion as well, and it's and so it's, was I as well at the start of the season. You just looked at the not just the starting eleven, but the 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 strength in depth. You know the quality they'd have on the bench. It's it is a real shot to the system, and, and Fulham that started quite well. One or two cracks have started to show. I think um, it was interesting. Actually, my favourite moment in the match was uh, obviously Matt Godden um, that scored a penalty uh, in the fifty-first minute, but his. <laughs> Him going down without appearing, that wasn't a penalty. It didn't look like he'd really had any contact from uh, Anthony that, Robinson. That was that was grade A Tom <laughs> Daly stuff. <laughs> it was brilliant. Um, I mean, the third goal was brilliant. Mm. That oh was, yeah, uh, that was a brilliant strike. And uh, I've actually got I've got the highlights on right now. I have seen them before, but I just went yeah the the yeah. on loan Chelsea midfielder Ian Matson with that one. Yeah, he looks a very very good player and. It's great just to worry that you know is he the type of player that's actually going to get any minutes at Chelsea? I don't think no, so. He's going to get out. He'll probably end up going to Norwich next season when they get relegated or mm-hmm. replacing Billy Gilmore from being on loan. Yeah, yeah, could see that something along those lines. It's also shot. a big, big loss for Fulham. Looking at the table, they're now five points off top place. Uh, only two points off second, but five points off top place, and that's you start to think that's. That's a bit of a gap now. And if they're really, really serious about promotion, which they should be with the squad they have, they, they need to arrest this slide and, and address this inconsistency. Uh, that team that is five points at the top, 
uh, five points uh, above Fulham, I should say, uh, is Bournemouth. They beat Sheffield United 2 1. Um, they scored twice in three minutes to recover from a goal down to beat Sheffield United 2 1. And at the time, go three points clear at the top of the championship. Uh, Morgan Gibbs White gave United the lead soon after half time as he fired in from Billy Sharp's pass. But their lead lasted just six minutes as Dominic Solanke converted a penalty after he had been fouled by Ender Stevens. Philip Billing, that man again, completed the turnaround when he slid home Ryan Christie's cross with his left foot into the bottom corner. Bournemouth, top of the league again. It just seems like every time we record, there's a different <laughs> different team at the top. But they're on 25 points, three points above West Brom in second. They're looking like the real deal now, aren't they? And as you say, they've got the best player in the uh, in the championship in Philip Billy. Yeah, they do. And uh, he he's such a well-rounded player. He can do anything. And I, and I believe, I, I really do believe that he is the kind of player that every team needs. And to add to that, not only is he technically brilliant, physically uh, fit, he'll play, he'll play every game this season. If he's fit, he'll play. And um, he's, uh, he's at six foot six, I think. He's a big, uh, big lad. It, it's, it's, I can't find a flaw in his game. I really can't. Um, maybe he's dribbling, but... When you've got legs like tree trunk, you can just walk past people. Um, he, I think he's the kind of player that Tottenham need at the moment. We're not a Tottenham podcast, so we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> but um, I think he's the kind of player that that well, and every team needs anyway. Um, imagine him just briefly at the base of Manchester United's midfield, right? Yeah, he he, he would control the game. He's got the quality of. Uh, Pogba and Bruno Fernandes in front of him. Him replacing Fred would be the best upgrade since, well, I don't know, since uh, the iPhone 6 to the iPhone 7. Wow, that's a big jump. <laughs> I don't know much about iPhone. Um, I think, yeah, you're absolutely right to, to wax lyrical about Billing. There's no doubt. It's not just the fact that he's clearly an important player for them in both areas, both boxes. It's the goals he's chipping in with. It's it's that physical presence he adds to the side in, in the middle. He, he is an important part of that. Um, and Solanke as well, getting another goal. He seems to have picked up in the last few weeks. Things are looking good for, for the Cherries. They've, they've kept in touch with the, with the top two and they've been in and out of it a few times. But now with those three points in the bag, um, three points above Coventry in third, who, again, we must mention are having a fantastic season so far. Um, Why do you keep yeah. bringing that up? Because they, I'm just amazed by Coventry's surge this season. They've started so well, and you, as you say, the Luton defeat could have could have seen the wheels come off. But they've they've kept going. Um, Sheffield United, uh, we should mention while we're still on this game, uh, slipped to 14th with 12 points. Um, so they've picked up, but now they're sort of seem, they seem to be settling in mid table, which uh, for a club of their size and ambition, uh, perhaps won't be uh, ideal. Well, I think I think with the size of the club, that's right. But with the start that they had, and uh, the certainly the preseason and some turmoil in the background, and also even though they got relegated, but with the manager change, because mm. Chris Wilder was integral to the way the club not only played football but the way the club was run. Yeah. Um, I think that I think maybe it's not too surprising that they started. Maybe it's surprising how difficult they found it. But it's not surprising that they found it difficult. Um, they've now got 
the same record as Middlesbrough and Birmingham City. Um, and they're ahead on, on they're ahead of Blues on goal difference. They're ahead of uh, of Middlesbrough on goals scored, mm. uh, which I always find interesting when it comes down to that. Mm. Uh, but I like it. They, I like that system. <laughs> yeah, I do as well. Because uh, it, it the, the point of the system is to try and encourage teams yeah. to to mm. still play and try and score as many goals. Exactly. Like Johan Cruyff used to want his teams to play like. Mm. Um, I don't think we'd ever mentioned Johan Cruyff on a, a championship, championship podcast, but here we go. <laughs> um, I think they've still got the potential to to shoot up the league. They're not a million miles away from uh, from well from sixth place. There, they're six points away, which isn't a million miles. No. Um, and I'm saying that because they're on the same points as Blues. <laughs> uh, but you you do you look at the teams above them. They need. They need quite a few teams to really slip up. Um, yeah. So it, it, it's a big task, but one that if any team could pull it off with the quality they've got, it would be the Blades. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, moving on then, uh, the team that is now, uh, well, in second place, uh, West Brom. Their unbeaten run came to an end on Friday evening. It was Nick Powell for Stoke City who scored the only goal of the game as uh, the Potters beat previously unbeaten championship leaders West Bromwich Albion. Uh, it looked like being one of those nights in the Potteries when Michael O'Neill's men outplayed the visitors but could not find a way through. Jacob Brown hit the post in the first half, then Mario Vrancic hit the bar in the second before Sam Johnston twice made great saves in quick succession from Sam Surridge. Uh, the second of them from the penalty spot after the Albion keeper had brought down the striker. But on 79 minutes, the Potters finally created one piece of real magic for their deserved winner on the night. Uh, when Albion boss Val Ismail admitted that Stoke were the best side they have faced so far this season. Nick Powell, uh, who's now on six goals in eight games that he's appeared in for Stoke. Um, yeah, what a performance from them to end the baggies unbeaten run. Stoke... Um, you know, it, after all the games are played, it means they're in fourth position on 21 points. West Brom slipped to second, only on 22. Whew, starting to get tight up there for those that uh, those automatic spots. What did you make of, of this clash on Friday night, Joe? Um, did did he really say that this is their uh, the hardest opponent they've played against? Stoke That's against what them. he said after the game. The, the Albion boss, yeah. Well, they played Blues, yeah. <laughs> They do in a few weeks. I think he'll be looking forward to that one, licking his lips. You, can, you cannot get an away ticket for for love nor money uh, for that one. Anyway, <laughs> the game itself, uh, well, it was entertaining. So mm. that it was. Uh, unfortunately, I couldn't watch it because all the uh, we had a bit of a technical problem at my pub and we couldn't put the game on, and I was absolutely gutted, especially mm. afterwards. Um, but anyway. Yes, yeah, Stoke City move up to fourth, only a point off West Bromwich Albion. And, of, of course, they sandwich uh, Coventry City. They move above Fulham. And uh, they, they also put a little bit of daylight between their between seventh place, which is mm. always nice. Yeah. Um, it is, of course, only three points, but it just gives you that, uh, or four points even, but it just gives you that little bit of leeway to, if you do slip up, you, you're still there, you've, and you've, but then you've really got to fight for it. Yeah. Um, I think look, I'm a big fan of Stoke City. Uh, I am, and really, I think I do like to every season 
when there's a team that start well, I like to try and try and choose one of them to to not secondary support because I don't I don't like that, but to to follow with a keen interest. Mm. And uh, I did choose Stoke a few weeks ago, and I think I think we could be seeing Cristiano Ronaldo on a cold windy night in Stoke next season. I do. It could happen. It really could happen. The way they've started has been great. Uh, yeah, they're showing all the signs of a, of a side that, that really should be looking at the playoffs as a, as a minimum uh, this Absolutely. season. Absolutely. And look, Callum Robinson couldn't do it on a cold, windy night in Stoke. So I don't think Cristiano Ronaldo will. <laughs> Another the big cake they were the same number. So they're the same person, in my opinion. Mm. And uh, Moving on then, QPR, <laughs> five-goal thriller for uh, for the hoops. Do they even, do, are they called the hoops, QPR? Can you call them that? They're that's Celtic, isn't it? Celtic, it's really, it's really weird because you call them Rangers, and that's Rangers. Yeah, and they're also called the Hoops, which is what Celtic are called. It's strange, it's isn't really it? Really awkward, isn't it? So, <laughs> getting away from my lack of uh, knowledge of football club nicknames, uh, QPR beat Preston North End three two in what looked like a, a dramatic thriller, not just because of the goals that were scored. It was uh, Elias Chair that inspired a late Queen's Park Rangers comeback as they beat Preston North End in a championship thriller. Lyndon Dykes toe-poked the uh, R's opener, but Preston equalised against the run of play through Emil Rees-Jacobson. Uh, the visitors then went ahead in the first minute of the second half, Josh Earl scoring his first professional goal, but Chair turned it round, first sending in a free kick touched in by Jimmy Dunn before scoring the winner after Charlie Austin was denied. I mean, this is a Preston North End side that had drawn, I think, their last five games. They would probably go there thinking, wow, we've got our noses in front. It's uh, 2-1. Let's just tighten the game up. But QPR found a way. They, they're impressive. They had a slight wobble a few weeks back, but they're now up into sixth uh, on 18 points, back into the playoffs. Um, an impressive comeback for them, I would, I would say. They, they made it very difficult for Preston. Yeah, a comeback against anyone shows real character. And uh, Preston, Preston did make it tough for uh, for the hoops, as you say. <laughs> um, uh, I think that going into the game, QPR would have expected to take the win, yeah, without a doubt. Um, and credit to them for getting that knock back and responding positively. That's how football is done. That's what good teams do. Yeah, and uh, that's maybe an issue at Birmingham at the moment. We're not going to go into it now. We'll go into it later. But um, I do think that that QPR will get promoted this season. Mm. Uh, not promoted, sorry. They'll make the playoffs. No, okay. um, I think it, if any team out of, the, out of the top six right now look like they're going to drop out of the playoffs, it looks like it's going to be Fulham at the moment. Yeah. Um, obviously, that's because they just lost and everyone else didn't. But, um, well... West well, there's an argument to be made, as you say, the defensive frailties. It's, it's, you know, and you could argue it was an own goal as well against Coventry. So it's, you know, they're having problems at both ends of the pitch a little bit. It's when, if, if I often think this with Blues, you know, if you can sort out um, one end of the pitch, you can keep clean sheets, you can grind out games. Uh, if you can score lots of goals, you can outscore. But if you, if neither end of the pitch is working out, which it doesn't seem to be at the moment for Fulham, yeah, that's not, not a good sign. QPR, on the other hand, seem like they, they can score goals for fun and uh, they look capable of, of really kicking on. Yeah, they do. And uh, Ilias Chair, as as Blues know all too much about, mm. top, top quality player. 
really top quality player, and they've got a few. Because then you know, if you mark, if you go and mark Elias Chair out of the game, you can go. Chris Willock's got all the space to to do what he wants to do, or Andre Gray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and being able to bring on Charlie Austin, you know, who's at this level is is an, uh, a lethal goal scorer. Yeah, being able to call on him for the last twenty minutes against tired defenders, he will get those decisive goals and and, and influence uh, the QPR in the in the final knockings of games. So it's Definitely. they've got they've got some real uh, strings to their bow at QPR. Yeah, they look very yeah, dangerous. They do. they do. Moving on, uh, it was a dramatic game uh, between Peterborough and Bristol. It was a late Chris Martin goal uh, that ensured Bristol City continued their strong record away from home in the Championship by winning a thriller at Peterborough United. In a first half packed with four goals, Peterborough were the first to strike through Sammy Zmodix before a Nathan Thompson own goal brought the visitors level. George Tanner put City ahead shortly after. Uh, with his first goal for the Robins before Jamodix headed in his second to level things at the break. Martin then found the winner with six minutes to go, scoring his fourth goal of the season to give Bristol City their fourth win on the road of the campaign. So, Bristol City, we talk about them every week and, and we can't quite quantify them. They're quite, they seem to blow hot and cold. They're very good away from home, very good away from home. Um, you know, 11 games played now, 16 points. Um Another one that Peterborough will feel really, really hard done by, and you, you, you have to say they've, 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 they've pushed a lot of teams very close and, and really, nearly, very nearly got some good results. Um, yeah, they, 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 feel, they kind of feel like Fulham last season did in the Premier League, where mm-hmm. they played good football, they, they certainly got a couple of victories that they shouldn't have got, and there was a lot of times where you just felt bad that they didn't get anything out of the game, and. Unfortunately for Peterborough, if they keep doing that, they're going to go down. They're going to be the team where they go, oh, that's a shame. Anyway, yeah. moving on. Mm. Um, <laughs> who said that? There's an, oh, that's a, a Jeremy Clarkson meme, isn't it? From Top Gear. <laughs> um, oh, no. Anyway. Oh, no. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think Peterborough do need to sort out. They just have the defence. They've proven they can score goals. They showed it today, but they need to they need to stop leaking them. And Bristol City aren't particularly lethal. Mm. Uh, don't get me wrong. They've, they've shown a few times this season that they do know how to find the back of the net, but they're not a team that, that go and score three goals every week. No, so, well, it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, you should say that as well. You know, they've got one of the best away records in the championship, but taking nine of their 16 points on the road, impressive. only seven at home. So... It, 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 they're an interesting side, Bristol. They're they're really difficult. They're, they're two points off the playoffs, so they've you know they've got it all to play for. Long way to go, um, but yeah, they're really really difficult to quantify. It's starting to feel like eleven games played. There are some teams where we we think we sort of know where they're going to be in the table, what sort of season they're in for. Bristol, I, I just in my mind, I don't know how to place them still, <laughs> and it's as simple as that. Moving on um, to the battle of Blackpool versus Blackburn Rovers. Got to make sure I get the names the right way around here because this is going to cause confusion. Uh, <laughs> Blackpool made a fast start to beat Blackburn at Bloomfield Road <laughs> and extend their unbeaten run to four matches. It was Shane Lavery, that man again, who gave the Seasiders an early lead when his deflected shot found the far corner. But uh, he was then forced off injured midway through the first half, which will be a big blow for the Tangerines. Um, his replacement, Jerry Yates, made it 2-0 in just uh, just two minutes after coming on, bundling in a rebound from close range after Rovers goalkeeper Thomas Kaminsky had kept out Gary Medin's header. Ben Brereton-Diaz, it was that man again, turned in John Buckley's cross to pull one back soon after half-time 
and a late effort was disallowed for offside, but Blackburn slipped to back-to-back defeats. So another great win for Blackpool, but the uh, the sort of the real negative, the real cloud over all of this is that injury to Lavery, uh, who has been real a real talisman for them so far this season. Um, they're up to 12th in the table, 15 points, only three points off the playoffs. Um, yeah, they've had a great Blackpool start, haven't they? Three, Blackpool only three points off the playoffs. That's correct, yeah. They're on 15 points. <laughs> wow. Anyway, okay. Um, I didn't know that. I think, yeah, the in- but the, regardless of it, I think the injury is, is... There was a few injuries in this game, actually. Because for Blackburn, Sam Gallagher picked oh, yeah. up an injury as well. Um, uh, he picked up a, an ankle injury. Mm. Um, and he's been, you know, he, he's been involved in, in, in a lot of Blackburn's football this season. Uh, but yeah, I think for Blackpool, the injury to, uh, to, to Lavery could, could be season defining because mm-hmm. he's so important to them. Um, and I'm not entirely sure Gary Medine can carry that attack. Is it Gary Medine? That's correct. Yeah. Oh, my knowledge is, is endless <laughs> sometimes. It's interesting um, is that you're, you are right as well. The momentum they've had. It's a different momentum, one. We said it. Yeah, there it is. It's taken us about half an hour to get to it. That's pretty good going. I don't think we said it last week. We avoided it. I think I think I might have said it. I don't know if you, you? did. <laughs> I didn't because I, I know I avoided saying. <laughs> but it's, it's an interesting one because the international break is, is now upon us. Uh, they've had four wins in six matches, Blackpool. Did they want the international break with an injured striker that as influential as Lavery? Maybe they did, um, but yeah, at the same. But at the same time, four wins in six matches for a team like Blackpool to have, to have had such a good start to the season. There, they've had they've had a remarkable start, haven't they? Well, yeah, for the team they've got. I remember when they came up because they they came up through the playoffs in League One. I, I seem to remember, mm-hmm. and um, I remember when they came up. My my very first thought is, oh, there's there, there's the whipping boys next season. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I was I was very wrong. Well yeah. done for Blackpool. Uh, another goal for Barrett and Diaz. I think he goes level with Mitrovic on 10. Nice. Or top goal scorer so far. Nice. Um, you might want to check that. I don't know if that's true. No, that, that's correct. That's correct. It would, have been his, it would have been his 11th if the offside uh, flag uh, wasn't raised. He's very, very, very good, isn't he? At mm. the old uh, kickball. Um, but it wasn't enough. He wasn't enough. And... Um, I'm not too worried for Blackburn. I think they'll bounce back. They've got a good team there. But um, yeah, for Blackpool, brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. As you say, uh, Blackpool, great start. Three points off the playoffs. Blackburn slipped to eighth, 16 points, only two points off the playoffs. So all this this chasing pack is starting to form. Um, But yeah, um, you feel that uh, Blackburn will come back from that one uh, moving on to Hull City's win over Middlesbrough I didn't I did not see this one coming personally it was two late goals that saw Hull City beat Middlesbrough at home and end away for a win that stretched back to the opening day of the championship in a match short on chances and high quality neither side could break the deadlock until the 81st minute when borough keeper Joe Lumley deflected the ball into his own net from a keen Lewis Potter volley it was Malik Wilkes that then secured all three points for the Tigers in injury time. Marcus Tavernier had a golden opportunity to clinch a goal for the visitors in the second half, but sent his shot wide, while Paddy McNair was also denied by Hull keeper Matt Ingram. A big three points for Hull. It takes them out of the relegation zone. They're on to nine points. Um, 
And again, Middlesbrough, they just they, they seem to have these, these mad results every now and then. Just when they seem to be building up some steam, Neil Warnock's men, it's a very bad defeat for them, isn't it? Just very quickly, mm. did you call him Tavernier? I did, yeah. That's my pronunciation. I apologise. Is that is it? I thought it was Tavernier. Ta- Tavernier. Tavernier is probably how it's pronounced, isn't it? Because isn't he, he's related to the, um, well, I could he is the one at Rangers. The, the, yeah, to the right back. And his name yeah. is Tavernier. Is, who's, whose pronunciation is that? Though? That doesn't, the way it's spelled, that doesn't sound right to me. <laughs> it, that, that, yeah, but the, I mean, come on. Things, Tavern, Tavernier. Tavernier. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll okay. T- Tavernier, we'll go with it. We'll go with it. It, it, rolls, just, it just, does, does roll off wanna, the tongue nicely. I just, I had to call it. I had to because it thought, rolls off the tongue nicely. We'll, well, because the way you've been saying Tavernier. it over the last over the last few episodes, I I, I haven't even noticed, but I've, I'm just looking at his name, and it looks very similar to the guy it's, at Rangers, and I know yeah. that his name is Tavernier from. Yeah. from it is they're Hobbit related? Hobbit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they're, um, they're brothers, aren't they? But uh, anyway, moving on. Don't want to get bogged down in that. A brilliant win yeah. for the Tigers, uh, showing their teeth. Finally, um, I mean, even the goals, you know, it was a Lumley own goal. Yes, it was it was a good effort. And uh, I, but if it goes down as an own goal, you know, something could have happened to avoid it, in my yeah. opinion. Mm-hmm. Never, so um, that means that the only goal that they actually scored was the 93rd minute goal from uh, from Wilkes. I don't know his first name. Matt Wilkes, Marcus Wilkes. Uh, Malik Wilkes, yeah. Malik Wilkes, I wasn't going to guess that, was I? Um, but anyway, so I'm in, I'm impressed by their performance. But yeah, for Middlesbrough, it is weird, especially for a Neil Warnock side, um, to 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 be so inconsistent at times, so unpredictable. Sorry, should probably be the word. Mm. Where where they'll they'll play really well, they'll have a couple of good results, and just. Have a, have, a, have a shocker every now and again. It it feels very uh, un Neil Warnock, and yeah, it does. Uh, I, I'm I'm confident with the kind of manager that he is. He'll be going mad at the players um, about it because yeah. he he won't be happy with it. Well, they won't be getting much of a break uh, over the next couple of weeks, will they? He'll be getting them into training, extra sessions. He'll be. Yeah, he'll be really laying into the players because yeah, that sort of defeat yeah. is is not good. Um, you know, a side like Hull have struggled for goals. Yeah, it's it's not a good result at all for for Borough. Um, moving on because we're we're going to be at time soon for this section. A very very worrying defeat for Cardiff. They were beaten one nil at home by Reading, um, who increased the pressure on Cardiff City boss Mick McCarthy. Um, it was their fifth successive defeat for the Bluebirds. It was winger Junior Hoylett who played 184 games for Cardiff, uh, who thumped Reading ahead with their only shot on target. Cardiff pushed hard for an equaliser, but could not find a way past Luke Southwood as Ryan Giles hit the post. The Royals' win sees them rise to ninth, with Cardiff 20th, just two points above the relegation zone. It's actually three points. Um, <laughs> but um, I think uh, I, I put Cardiff down, and they started so well. I had them down in the playoffs. So I thought an experienced coach like Mick McCarthy, they've got a good side at Cardiff, some experienced championship players, very good centre-backs. We know they're capable of scoring goals. <laughs> you love them, um, centre-backs, mate. It's five defeats on the bounce for the Bluebirds. Yeah, that's not good. That's not good. And I think similarly for Blues, as we'll get on to, 
the international break has come at, at, at the right time. I think, uh, sorry about that voice crack in the middle of that sentence. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the international break has come perfectly for them. Mm. And uh, it afterwards, for Mick McCarthy, the smooth criminal in the touchline, it will be do or die. Yeah. After uh, in the first, I, I give him, I give him two games after international break, and if they don't take at least three points, I think if they don't take at least two points, if they get two draws, I think maybe they'll stick with him for another couple of games. But uh, I think yeah, he might be down the job centre. Yeah, it's 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 a real sucker punch this defeat in particular because they had twenty seven shots, Cardiff, five, only five on target, but twenty seven attempts. Uh, Reading only had two shots with one on target that was the goal. So it really is a, a smash and grab job uh, from Reading. But you have to feel for Cardiff fans at the moment, five defeats on the trot. They just can't seem to get uh, a point on the board from anywhere. And uh, very, very worrying times for the Bluebirds. Uh, moving on, uh, Murray Wallace headed in a late winner as Millwall won at Barnsley to stretch their unbeaten run to seven matches. With a stalemate looming, the Scottish defender rose to meet namesake Jed Wallace's corner and condemned the Tykes to a third successive defeat. Millwall had the better chances, but goalkeeper Brad Collins and defender Liam Kitching impressed for the hosts. The Lions left it late, but they finally sealed their first away league win of the season. Wow. This was a big game, I thought, because it means, well, you could argue two relegation rivals potentially. Millwall are all the way up on 15 points now, pulling away from that relegation battle and really starting to kick on. Barnsley drop into the drop zone. Uh, they are on 22nd. Uh, they're in 22nd with eight points. It's a worrying, worrying time for the Tykes. Yeah, it is. It is quite worrying. And um, I think, I think Barnsley need a, need a, need a big change, a big shakeup. Mm. Um, but Millwall, on the other hand, Finally, turning some of them scruffy draws into scruffy, uh, scruffy wins. Yeah, um, that's the Rowett effect. It is, and uh, I'm uh, I'm really happy for him. Actually, mm-hmm. um, I hope no one around here hears me say that. I live in East London, in a strong West Ham area. Um, <laughs> hopefully, this doesn't get back to any of those. <laughs> um, but Joe, you know I would I would love to see Millwall in the Premier League just for one season. Just so we can have a West Ham Millwall game, uh, just, I mean, I don't want anyone to die, but there would definitely be riots and fighting, and it would be, uh, it would be quite fun. <laughs> fun. You're you crazy. You're crazy. You just create chaos and anarchy. Don't quite you? Funny. Um, just because I, I, I don't understand the whole football hooligan thing. I know I seem like a bit of a hooligan sometimes, talking about punching people and stuff, <laughs> but I don't understand the football hooliganism side. It's, Football's a fun game for everyone to, yeah. to to enjoy, and you know, don't go punching someone just because their dad told get bought them a different shirt to you. Mm. You know, anyway, my yeah, dad yeah. never bought me a Birmingham shirt. <laughs> I think that, that, that's child abuse, isn't it? Well, I, I suppose I think I'd say buying them a Birmingham shirt is child abuse. <laughs> probably doing you a favour there. <laughs> Maybe, but it didn't stop me. I'm still, I still got there. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, I've not really got too much to say on the game. I didn't, I haven't done too much of a background on it. It didn't seem like a game that was too uh, interesting, to be honest. No, uh, I think that's but, probably the way to phrase it. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I, as I look at the stats, you know, going on possession and shots on target and stuff, Millwall deserved the win. 
Yep, absolutely. They they were on top and, and are starting to look quite an impressive side uh, under Gary Rowett. Uh, moving on then to our penultimate uh, game for this section, very quickly. Uh, Derby County maintain their unbeaten home record, courtesy of a goalless draw with Swansea City. Uh, Jake Bidwell went closest for a Swansea side who controlled much of the contest, but was denied by Derby keeper Ryan Alsup. At the other end, Tom Lawrence drew a triple save from Ben Hamer during a rare spell of home pressure. Wayne Rooney's side remained bottom of the table after going into administration, though the stalemate means they have lost only one of their four games since being ducked 12 points. I I mean, Derby, I, I heard a, an interesting story actually earlier today that uh, Wayne Rooney oh. is showing the players uh, the league table without the deduction uh, on in there as a way to, to motivate them. I think yeah. that's a good idea. Yeah, and it, it shows them, I think, well, they'll be on 14 points, but it shows them only four points off off the uh, off the uh, playoff places. Um, so it's a really interesting way to motivate them. And, and they Derby are showing signs of life. Yes, it's it's a, it's a, a draw. It's only a, only a single point at home, but they are they are showing signs of, of real fight, aren't they? Derby are going to need every single point they can get. So um, and mm-hmm. in this game, Swansea I think had over seventy five percent possession. <laughs> um, Brilliant. And I, I'm just looking at, at some stats now, some more in depth stats. Swansea had uh, Swansea made. 763 passes in the game. Nice. Um, that is obscene. Uh, <laughs> however, they only had two shots on target. Mm, yeah. Whereas Derby had five. Mm. I don't know how that, I mean, that's proper counter-attack football. Yeah. I, I haven't seen any footage from the game, to be completely honest with you. Um, but uh, I am, uh, yeah, I, I'm happy for Derby. I, I hope they stay up. They deserve to stay up. Mm-hmm. Only with the way they've started, the way they played. If they can keep it going but we do we bring it up every single time because we have to we get worried about the lack of depth in the squad i think they'll need a couple of loan signings in january if they can afford it i don't i don't know that's it yeah that's the problem it. isn't it mm. if not i think similarly to to what we were saying last week about birmingham or last episode even um they need to to, to just look at some of their youth teams and just think we'll give a couple of 17 18 year olds some first team chances here because we haven't got a choice. Yeah, yeah. And there was an injury uh, in in that game to Richard Stearman, who uh, obviously is an experienced defender for Derby. So it's, it is those that that question of squad uh, depth, yeah, isn't it? That squad comes into it. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's going to be tricky. Uh, moving on to our last game of this section, then Luton and Huddersfield played out a hard fought goalless draw that kept both sides in the top half of the championship. Luton had the best chance of the first half when Amari Bell volleyed against the post from close range shortly before the break after Harry Cornick's low cross. Uh, Josh Karoma had a chance early in the second half saved by Luton's Simon Sluger, uh, while his teammate Daniel Sinani blasted just wide from long range after good build-up play. At the other end, Bell and substitute Henry Lansbury failed to hit the target with decent chances, while Harry Toffolo blasted a great late chance over the bar for the Terriers. So a nil-nil draw there, keeping Huddersfield ticking over there on 17 points, only one point behind QPR uh, in sixth place. Uh, and Luton uh, are, well, they dropped to uh, 13 based on 13th based on other results. Uh, they're on 14 points, looking steady in mid-table. Um, yeah, uh, anything to add on this one? It's, it's sometimes difficult with these nil-nil draws. Some of them can be a little bit, uh, well, dare I say it, dull. <laughs> uh, yeah, this, this game takes the, uh, takes the prize for snooze fest of the weekend. Yep. Um, and that's yeah. Congratulations to Luton Town Huddersfield on winning that prestigious award. It's a glorious, glorious title. Um, yeah, it's 
Huddersfield, again, they continue to, to go well. I think they'll be happy with that going into the international break, only a point off the playoffs. Um, yeah, it's, they're only three points behind Fulham. I, just, I keep looking at Fulham in the table and looking at them as the barometer and thinking, wow, what are they doing on in fifth position at this stage of the season? It's, it's, it's a bit of a mad one from them. Poor, isn't it? It's quite poor. It is poor. It is poor. And I, so we'd expect uh, them to bounce back after the international break. Uh, speaking of breaks, we're about to go to one uh, now, and then we'll be back with our blue section of the show. See you shortly. Now we're going to get into a potentially tricky part of the show because we're going to try to remain positive as we talk about Birmingham City's defeat uh, to Nottingham Forest. Uh, it was Forest that secured a third straight away win as they continued their revival under new boss Steve Cooper. Uh, Birmingham began well as Tahith Chung's strike hit the post, but moments later, Lewis Graben steered a superb 20-yard superb strike into the top corner. Forrest landed another sucker punch when Ryan Yates headed Philip Zinkenagel's corner past goalkeeper Matthew Jasakic after Blues had hit the post for a second time through Lukas Jukovic's header. Another stunning finish made it three when Graben and Zinkenagel combined to feed Jed Spence, who cracked a shot into the top corner from a tight angle. Oh dear, how do we how do we, how do we make this positive? Um, let's talk about Forest briefly. Forest were bottom of the championship with a single point when Chris Hutton departed as manager. Uh, but are now five places and three points above the relegation zone after a third win in an unbeaten four-match run. The contrast to that, talking about Birmingham, uh, Birmingham have taken one point from their last five matches uh, and we've dropped to 16th, just a single place above Forest, uh, having chalked up three wins and a single defeat in our opening six. So what's going on? How do we, how do we remain positive, Joe? <laughs> I'm going to hand over to you to try to find a, a way to spin this into something positive, and I can see you're already racking your brain. Uh, over to you. Oh, you're muted, Joe. <laughs> that wasn't an accident. <laughs> you, do, you don't want to, You don't know how to make it positive. You just, no, I'm going to keep myself muted. I'm out. I'm just going to. Yeah, I'm going to move my mouth and hope you don't notice that I'm on mute. <laughs> um, oh. Right. This is this is this is difficult. This yeah. is difficult because we're going to try and stay positive. So, um, uh, Pedersen's back. Yeah. That's positive. Yeah, 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 we'll take that. Um, um, we had nine shots on target, which is a, a high for us this season. Even against Luton, we didn't have that many. Yeah. Uh, still didn't find the back of the net, but, you know. Mm. Um, how do we improve? First of all, Dion Sanderson plays. Yes, um, agreed. Second of all, we need to go to. We need to change shape. We're so predictable, and if it doesn't work, we've got nothing else, and that's not good. You can't just. You can't be so simple, flat, one, single-minded. You've got. Yeah. You've, you've you've got to be flexible, and we're not. We're just not. If it's not working for us, and sim like so, we're talking about QPR. QPR went behind. They dug in, and they and they and, and they grinded out a good result. Yeah, we went behind. After a good start, Chong mm -hmm. hit yeah. the post, mm -hmm. and we just didn't we didn't respond. And bear in mind, we were at home mm -hmm. in front of the best fans in the world. 
Is that maybe a bit much? Is that a bit? Uh, well, yeah, it might be a little bit over the top, but uh... well, but I do believe that we're some of the best fans in the country. Of course, it's not the stadium's not full. Mm. And, you know, you can find little uh, little bits to nitpick on because yeah. half the ground is closed still, or like a quarter of the ground is closed still. Um, I think this is maybe. I don't know if any of the. Uh, I was so annoyed with the result. I haven't looked into any of the goals or anything scored by Forrest. Well, I, I, what I will say is um, you're absolutely right to point out that the bright start we make, uh, we made uh, Duke forced uh, Bryce Samba into a fine early save. Chong and Duke hit the hit the woodwork. And later on, as we pushed, you know, Pedersen had a header cleared off the line. Um, Samba got down low to keep out one of Chong's uh, free kicks. There's certainly, there's the effort seems to be there. I think it's just the quality and the that clinical edge in the final third yeah. just seems to be lacking. There's, there's a few things. That, there's a few things that I don't like. First of all, why is Jordan Graham not getting a look in? Any, any answer? Because I, I seriously, I, I don't No, It's a, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Cause also on their social media, Jordan Graham seems to be in every single post. Yeah. I, I don't really fully understand it. I, when we know that when Boya came in, he just put Duke straight back into the side, started Jeremy Bella and just said, let's get balls into the box. Let's cross the ball into the box. You're a great cross of the ball. Duke is a great header of the ball. It's straightforward. It Why was. can't we, have, and don't get me wrong, I'm all for having a plan A, as you alluded to earlier. Why can't we just have straightforward plan B, Duke and Aneki, if you want, in there, or maybe even Deeney. No, not Aneki, not Aneki. Not Aneki. <laughs> Fair enough. Two big men up there, or maybe even Hogan just to pick up scraps. Just get balls into the box. Graham on the one side, Bella on the other. Get Launch awkward balls into the box and let Duke go at them. And then you can have a Dini or a Hogan. I mean, Dini's also good in the air, but you can have them picking up scraps and, and waiting to, to poach. I don't understand why we can't just have this plan B. It's straightforward. I get it. It's not as interesting to watch. It's not as pretty, but it's effective. Um, even last season when Bowie came in, Duke all of a sudden started scoring loads of goals. And, and got us over the line and, and we secured safety with games to spare because that's the system we went to. I don't understand why we seem to have completely abandoned that and we're still obsessing over playing slightly more intricate football. I, I just, I, I can't wrap my head around it. Uh, no, me neither. And look, also we haven't even mentioned Riley McGree yet, mm. who, as far as I'm aware, is the only player out of, uh, out of the blue squad to be going away on uh international duties yeah obviously he's going over the socceroos mm. he should be if he's fit enough to get on the bench he's fit enough to play the game right yeah yeah why is he not playing why is he like i like ivan Zunich, mm-hmm. right first of all lee Bowie didn't make any changes until the 60th minute we were two nil down at half time mm-hmm. for me we should have come out having made at least one change yeah secondly riley mcgree against QPR was really good when he came on. Mm-hmm. Why are you not giving him more time to influence the game? Because you give him you give him half an hour, he makes two opportunities. You give him 90 minutes, he makes six, seven or eight. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, and, 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 and our problem at the moment is not putting the is putting the ball in the back of the net or rather the lack of it. Yeah. yeah. You know? Anyway, just quickly, I have got a quote from Lee Bowyer. Yep. So he was speaking to Birmingham Live and he was very critical of his defensive players. 
And he said, we're showing them the mistakes. We are working on the mistakes and we're still making the same mistakes again. Mm -hmm. I have been here long enough now. I'm guessing now this is the reason why this football club has been down at the bottom for the last three or four years. Mm -hmm. Because you defend like that, you are going to go down the bottom. The last few games has happened too many times and I've got, I've got to fix it. Mm -hmm. First of all, yes, you've got to fix it. You're the manager, mm -hmm. rightly. And there, there must be growing pressure on him because whether, whether you love him or not, you know that he's going to he's gonna be under pressure. Yeah, of course. Of course, the pressure mounts. All it takes is a few bad results. Exactly. So I don't think he'll be sacked too soon, but this is the positive spin, right? That's the rant over. Mm -hmm. The positive spin is it's the international break now. Mm -hmm. With only one senior player going away who apparently doesn't get chances to play the games. This is an opportunity for Lee Bowyer to sit down with his staff, with the players, and really thrash out a plan for the for, from now till, really now till Christmas. Yeah. Now till Christmas, where do we want to be? Mm -hmm. How do we get there? And let's be realistic. We want to be top. We're not going to be top. Where do we want to be? How do we want to play? Yeah. And how do we arrest this slump? Mm -hmm. And that's what they've got to do. Listen, I, I also said in that that I don't think Chuck Seneca should come on. I just don't think he's ready yet. I don't think... He's, we know there's a player in there. He's, he's, he's a good goal scorer at League One level. There's no reason why he can't do it. He just needs more time to adapt. And we're, we're throwing him in there. I don't think we should be, in mm. my opinion. It's it's difficult, isn't it? I, th I think certainly goal scoring, as you say, is is a problem. Um, and those decisions in the final third, that's clear to see from from yesterday's game. Defensively, though, I, I and my rant, I'm gonna I'll put a positive spin on it towards the end. But I just want to have a quick rant about the centre backs. Mark Robertson, Harley Dean have been there. You know, they've been at Blues year after year now, and every single year. We, we ship goals and we struggle. When they're both at their best, when they're both performing at eight or nine out of 10, uh, we, we can do okay. That gives us a platform, but they don't find those levels regularly enough. There was a first goal yesterday, Lewis Graben's goal. Fantastic strike, don't get me wrong. But Mark Roberts is caught out of position and he's sprinting back. And as he's sprinting back, he's, 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 he starts pointing, thinking that Lewis Graben, who is a goal scorer, a poacher, he's worried that Lewis Graben is going to try an intricate through ball inside the fullback to the winger. L Lewis Graben is only going to do one thing in that situation. He's, he's basically in between the sticks. He's 20 yards out. He's in between the, the post, though. He's going to have a pop-up goal. And he slows down to point. Instead of getting in front of his man and just blocking Lewis Graben, the imminent threat there is a striker, the opposition striker, having the ball at his feet outside of your area. And he chooses to slow down and point telling his fullback, telling Pedersen, watch that inside run. Lewis Graben is in that situation, nine times out of ten, he's going to shoot. So just get in front of your man and stop him from shooting. It's these little mistakes, these little errors. We should, he shouldn't even really have been in that position where he needed to sprint back into, into his proper position anyway. But these, these little errors and little mistakes that are happening now, and that's what Bowie will be referring to, that, that are happening too often now. These are experienced centre-backs, Mark Roberts and Harley Dean. They've been playing at championship level They've got hundreds of games between them, hundreds and hundreds of games at this level. The positive spin on this is that we know they can perform at this level. We know they can do it. We started the season so well 
Harley Dean, we know, is a real threat in both boxes, scores, has scored some important goals for Blues. Uh, and, it, and I think he's actually a good captain. I think he can really get the players fired up uh, and he's really a passionate uh, player that, is, that can really harness that energy in the dressing room. And Mark Roberts, we know, he on his day, the long throws, um, he puts he can cross the ball quite well as well, actually. That they've got these extra things they can bring to the game. They just need to get the defending down. And it's it's great to hear that, that Bowie is aware of it. It's an obvious thing to say after a 3-0 defeat at home. It's an easy thing to say. But we now have the international break to try to get these senior centre-backs sorted out. Yes, Sanderson can come in. I think he's going to have to come in. Um but these, we, they, we're going to need both Roberts and Dean at it when they're called upon. And it, we've got two weeks now before a big game against West Brom. And that will be difficult, especially after the result they've just had. That will, that will be a very difficult time. It will be. It really will be, won't it? I think but we've, got, we've got two weeks to try to, to defensively just get organised now. Let's stop worrying, I think, for this game. And this is what Rowett did when he first came in. We had a, a, we'd just been beaten 8-0 by Bournemouth <laughs> at home. Rowett came in. We had a game away at Wolves who were walking the league. We He just made us so incredibly organised and difficult to beat and physical. We got a nil-nil draw at Wolves and that gave us a real platform then. We found that defensive solidity. This is the defensive solidity I thought we'd found a few weeks ago in the, with the Preston result. Yes, again, it was at home, but we got a nil-nil draw, a clean sheet. That gives us a platform. that We, we do that again defensively. We have that organisation. Let's just focus on building, putting the building blocks in. Um, but that's not happened. We, we need this West Brom game needs to be a reset organization, be really, def, really strong defensively and try to nick something in a set piece. Let's just go back to basics and make it simple again. Yeah, I think for the first time on this show, 11 episodes in, we've had a proper a proper rant. <laughs> yeah, that was a rant. Uh, sorry. You know, one, one thing that I feel I feel quite lucky because uh, we've got a platform where we can just rant. Yeah, um, a lot of blues fans don't, and it's good for your frustration. So, all blues fans listening to this, have a rant in your mirror or something. It yeah. really helps. Yeah, or um, rant to us, rant to us on social yeah, media. Yeah, go get out our social medias. Let us know what what can Lee Bowyer change. Mm. What what needs to change fundamentally with the eleven, with the with the match day squads, with the way we set up, with with the management. Does the management need to change? Is Lee Bowyer still the right man? I don't know. Mm. I, I I I think I think he is personally. I still think I do. That, I do. I think it's far too early for that. Sort I, I, of I agree, but I'm sure. you know, you've certainly got to start thinking about. You know, it, we're not a million miles away from Christmas, mm-hmm. and that is really where you start to judge how your season uh, is going to end. So, you know, maybe we do need to think about uh, Lee. Just needs a bit of a kick up the arse a little bit. Apologies about any profanity there, but I, I, I don't care actually at this point. Mm. But um, yeah, get our social medias at Royal Blue Pod, Instagram, um, and uh, Twitter as well. And uh, our email is at Royal Blue Podcast at gmail.com. Email us, tweet us, DM us on Instagram, at us on Instagram, whatever. Um, let us know what you think because we're. It, it, I'm getting sick and tired of doing these sad shows now. I, I, I'm actually quite looking forward to doing a, an international break one where we don't have to, yeah. have to talk about a result where we can just preview West Brom, mm. maybe, and uh, just, just it's going to be. Luckily, we're playing on Friday night as well, so that'll be on TV. Yeah, so we have to get, a, we'll be able to properly watch the game. Mm-hmm. Um, 
even though we can't be there. And look, it's look, we're not going to look. We've we've been down enough today. So I think I think we've we've obviously had a bit of a rant there, but I think the the positives to take from this is that we know this is a squad that can compete at this level. They've shown that in the first six games. It's down to the manager to find a way to get the centre backs organised again and to cut out these mistakes. Um, it's you know it's one thing if a mistake happens in the odd game, but they're happening a lot every game. So there needs to be a shift there. But it's, it's the the problems are clear to see, and 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 they can be worked on over the next couple of weeks. That's the positive thing, isn't it? We've now got a break, as you said about other sides. The breaks come at a good time, really, for us to to just stop and think about what's going on and really concentrate on that West Brom game. They're gonna Blues always do this. Blues always seem to perform better against the bigger sides. So. The West Brom game, they'll be fired up for it. They, they, they won't need any motivation. It's a local derby of sorts. Um, they'll be up for it. And that means that hopefully we can go in there with, with a real organisation uh, and a real defensive uh, stubbornness and try to get something out of the game. And that will give us a platform. And they can focus on that over the next two weeks. Uh, I think that is the positive way of looking at it. Would you agree? <laughs> yeah, I would. I'd agree. Totally. Wonderful. Let's try and get this positive. Uh, let's let's get positive again. Yeah. By uh, by doing this 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 game that you've sprung on me, shall we? Yeah. So I think just to round out the the show, uh, we've got a silly game to play. <laughs> which Joe we need to cheer ourselves up. It, it should. It will, it will cheer us all up. Joe doesn't seem very enthusiastic because it is a bit. It's come as a surprise. Well, you've 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 sprung this on me, which I suppose is the point. Otherwise, I could just cheat. I suppose. Uh, that's it. That's it. That's very true. But, uh, but I just had to point out. So. Oh, no, let's 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 chuck the uh, let's chuck the. Yes. Yeah, so so the way that the way the game works is it's uh, called two truths one lie. I'm going to read out three statements. You have to identify which one of them is false, which one of them is a lie. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's fine with me. Cool. So I'm going to read the three statements out now. Statement one: Alan Halilovic was released from Inter Milan last November. Statement two: Dion Sanderson, Ryan Woods, and Sam Cosgrove were all born in December. Statement three, George Friend has the middle names Andrew and Jordan. So those were your three yeah. <laughs> Very. I thought they were going to be like, oh, true or false, Birmingham City have been, uh, have lost their last three games. True or false. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're trying um, to, we're getting away from the, the reality. We're just going to do some silly ones. to, to okay. the show. So how many, if we just got this one? So this one of those three statements is untrue and you need to identify it. Okay. Um, I'd like to point out as well, you got this wrong because you didn't I did. I did. I didn't make this. This is my wife that made this and she tested it on me last night and I got it wrong. So. And, a good, and, a, and a good friend of the show uh, <laughs> whose who's football knowledge outweighs mine and yours, I'd say. Yeah, 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 I'd agree with um, that. He also got it wrong, didn't he? He did. So there's no, there's no pressure. <laughs> I like excuses. how you're getting the excuses in now. Of course I am. I'm also biding time because I'm just thinking. Uh, I can repeat the statements if you want. I don't know if, yeah, if that's yeah. helpful. Repeat the statements one more time. Okay, so statement one. Alan Halilovic was released from Inter Milan last November. Statement two. Dion Sanderson, Ryan Woods and Sam Cosgrove were all born in December. Statement three. George Friend has the middle names Andrew and Jordan. Mm. Andrew and <laughs> Jordan. Seems like a lot. It does, but... it does. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna assume that that one's correct because I, I feel like you, I feel like this will be, this will be a tricky one where like, 
it'll be like, oh, Halilovich wasn't released in November. He was released in December. <laughs> <You know? laughs> something like that. It um, could be. It could be. I think, yeah. I feel like, it feels like it's going to be something stupid like that. Or like Dion Sanderson was actually born on the 1st of January or something. Mm. Um, I think Sanderson is born in December because I seem to remember seeing that some, when I first started researching him. Yeah. But what um, about Ryan Woods and Sam Cosgrove, though? I don't, I don't, I don't know about those at all. That, it would be complete guess. This is complete guesswork. There's no, there's no that's, that's rhyme it, or reason. <laughs> so I'm just gonna have to go with a gut feeling. Mm. And my gut feeling is that Alan, you're gonna catch me out by saying Alan Hillovich was actually released in in a different month. So I'm gonna go with the false statement mm. is Alan Hillovich was not released in November. By so you're saying that the first statement, Alan Halilovic was released from Inter Milan last November, is the false statement. I'm going to say that's the false statement. Yeah. You are correct. Oh, Very look good. at that. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Very oh, good, I know you too well. What, so when, when was he released? Or was uh, it well, it's actually the, the false falseness, the falsity, uh, is that Alan Halilovic wasn't released from Inter Milan. He was released from AC Milan last night. Oh, okay. So that's why that's why I was caught out, because I was like, oh, that's that's true. That He was released from Milan. That's that's all true. But no, it was the other Milan club, the other main Milan club. Oh, you so got I, it, though, Jay. I knew it'd be, something, it. knew it'd be something trivial like that. But the thing I is, I, I, if, if I'd have set these up, this is what my wife's like. She's very pedantic. If I'd have set these up, I'd have just made the whole statement like a false thing which she's put in like a statement where it's just the one element of it that's not true well i mean Um, she's sneaky like that that is proper that is proper sneaky it is uh deb 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 you didn't do enough (laughs) can't catch me out (laughs) you shouldn't get get her going because she'll come up with terrible ones now like they're gonna be horrible we're never gonna figure them them on Bring them on. <laughs> well, that was just a fun game to, to round out the show. We thought That's we should a great put something fun. It. Yeah, put something fun and positive at the end uh, because it's been a tough old week being a Blues fan. Um, we'll be back next week uh, during the international break. Um, yeah, we've got a few ideas, things to talk about. We'll, of course, be looking at the West Brom fixture, but there'll be one or two other surprises in there for you. Uh, please do get in touch with us on uh, social media. We want to keep talking about football. It's at Royal Blue Pod uh, at Instagram and Twitter. Uh, please do get in touch. Uh, Joe, is there anything you'd like to add before we wrap up? Uh, Deb, you got to wake up earlier in the morning to catch me out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, follow us on on social media as uh, as we've already said. Um, yeah, uh, looking forward to next week's show. Yeah, and uh, with that, we'll round up with keep right on, keep right on. See you next time, guys. <laughs>